This is Off Air, the juicy designer podcast for creatives. I'm Abby from Abby Design. And I'm Katie from Wildflower Design Co. And we're here to share the secrets behind what it's really like to own a freelance design business. Hello and welcome back to this very juicy episode of Off Air. Today is exciting for two reasons. Um, Firstly, we're going to be debunking some common freelance design myths that we see all the time in the industry. And secondly, because we have a very exciting guest with us. So welcome Zoe. Uh, Did you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hey guys, thank you so much for having me on. I'm oh, so okay. excited about this. Um, yeah, so I'm Zoe. Zoe Bonham Design is my handle on all my socials. I am a brand designer like yourselves and a lettering artist. So I do a lot of sort of custom logo types within branding. And then I also do a lot of sort of more artistic direction of lettering. Um, and I work a lot with Gold Leaf. Um, and I have a little print shop as well. Um where I sell all of those things. It's so nice talking to someone that's not just a brand designer who actually deals with other bits because it's something completely different to what Mm -hmm. me and Katie do as well. Yeah, exactly. And obviously you have your little shop as well. I literally have your like calendar sat downstairs in my kitchen. (laughs) That's so cool. So in this episode, we are basically going to be discussing and debunking some common freelance myths from things like the hustle culture and talking about money. So the first one that I'm going to jump straight in with is the myth that to be successful, you need to wake up at 5am every single day. So I want to ask you guys if you have a routine and if you believe this myth is true. I think generally, like it totally depends on how I'm feeling. Like I'm generally quite an early bird person. Like I'm one of those annoying people that does tend to wake up at like 6am. But the thing is, I won't say start work at let's say 8 and then work through until 9pm. Like I'll get up at 6, 7, 8, whatever and then work until maybe like lunchtime or like one or two, um, depending on calls and things. Because if I have a lot of American clients, I'll have calls like in the evenings as well. And generally, I think it just depends on like what my schedule looks like and how I'm feeling. Like some days I'll be like, nah, I'm not working this early today. And yeah, I just basically do what I feel like. (laughs) I feel like there's like this massive like productivity and like hustle culture where like Mm -hmm. you see all of these entrepreneurs sort of getting up at like 6am now I do like get up quite early I'm not gonna lie like I am a really (laughs) early bird um but you see them and it's like how like how is this a thing and like I think people think like you have to do that to be a freelancer or if you own your own business like you have to do and you have to have a set time of like when you get up when you start work when you finish work and it's like that that's not possible because some people are night owls like they might start work at like six o'clock in the evening finish 11 at night and that's when they are the most productive yeah see I'm a little bit different to you guys and I am not an early bird whatsoever (laughs) so I will wake up usually about eight o'clock sometimes I'll stay in bed till about half eight sometimes nine if I am really tired and then you know my typical day might not start until sort of 10 or 11 um and then I'll sort of take a bit of a break sort of two o'clock three o'clock I get really slumpy and my creative juices are just absolutely nil yeah I'm the same this is the thing with me like literally if I'm if I get to like the afternoon I just I get to a point where I just feel drained and yeah. I'm like, I, I just can't work. Like my mind is just not focused That's it. anymore. That's it. And then I'll get another sort of 
pick up at sort of like four or five and then I could quite easily like work the whole evening to be honest I am I am a little bit more of an evening person um and I think actually that has stemmed from um uni always doing things last minute <laughs> beforehand <laughs> ins or before the next day and stuff um, yeah. but yeah I think the beauty of freelancing is that you can work whenever you want to work and yeah. if you need to take a break in the middle of the day like you can I feel like it's a bit of a a a blessing and a curse because on one hand you're like oh I can take a day off whenever I want and I can pick my own working hours like if I need to have a hair appointment at 4 p.m on a Wednesday I can do that but then also it's that thing of like sometimes you don't know when to stop yes like you can just keep going and going and going like I have worked literally the entire day before like literally gone till about midnight just because like my mind is just constantly going and yeah it's just one of those things where like it's so important to be taking breaks and things and sometimes you see these people through the eyes of social media and think wow like they just work 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 like I get so many dms like oh my god how do you do it like you work every single day and you work nine to five and I'm like oh I don't like trust me I was sitting on (laughs) my I'm sitting on my couch watching Netflix as I'm answering this DM like yeah I do not work constantly (laughs) and I think a lot of people can get a bit blindsided by social media and like what we see and things like that um yeah we're only showing like the best version of what's happening in our lives like we're not showing like all of the bad stuff I've I've found it really hard but so I've always worked with other businesses. So like before going freelance, I've worked with like a company for four years and my set routine was like nine to five. So like going from something that was like set in stone, like going to actual work as well, because I work from home now, it is just so different. And like, it's so hard to switch off and actually sort of like set working times. Whereas when you're working for a business, it's like, right, you get there, you work from nine, you finish at five, you go home. And now it's like, oh my God, like when it gets to five, like I don't stop because there's no one telling me like I can go home. Exactly. I'm just like, I carry on working so it can get quite bad. Yeah. And then weekends as well. Like you- Oh God, yeah. What, what are weekends? What you weekends? Just, like, you don't shut I, off. Like people are like, oh my God, it's a Sunday. Why are you working? And I'm like, if I'm being honest, A, I didn't know it was Sunday because <laughs> I don't know what day of the week it is anymore. And B, like, I just I just work when, when I need to work. Like I tend to take my days off to correspond with my boyfriend's working schedule. And he'll have like, say a day off on a Wednesday and a Thursday. Um, so I basically just take my days off whenever he has his days off so we can spend them together and whatever. But I think that is one of the good things about it. Like you can just kind of choose. But I think one of the most important things is to just listen to your body. Yes. Like if you have, say, a whole day planned of working and you wake up in the morning and you just feel like deflated, there is no point trying to push yourself to do that work because it's probably not going to be at the same level of quality um, as, you know, you had planned. And I think if you just listen to what your body is telling you, just take days off when you need to take days off and then you are less likely to burn out. Um, Did you guys have any sort of tips and things into like staying productive and... I'm like the worst person to ask because I work all the time and it's just so bad. (laughs) So like I'm, I'm a really motivated person. Like I don't struggle to sort of find motivation to work because I enjoy it so much. But I don't know. We have like burnout. I don't know. It's really bad because there's so many people that obviously burn out and like 
I'm probably in like the really like minority that like it just doesn't really happen really? to me. Like, I can, yeah, I can feel it like sometimes where I'm like, right, I actually do need like this morning off. But sometimes I could probably just work like 24-7. It's really bad. Wow. So, you know, know. My, bur- my burnouts come in extremes. Like I will maybe have a week where I am so on it and I'm like really, really motivated and I'm absolutely loving what I'm doing. And I will work like literally all day and all night. And then the next week... I will just be like, I do not want to get out of bed. Like I I just like do not have the energy to be doing work. I am and I think exactly that's, the that's same. what burnout is. Yeah, yeah, literally. It always it hits you and yeah. you you know, you try to fight it for so long and then it just gets to a point where, you know, you realise that actually your body can't do it anymore and you do just need to totally reset. I feel like every, everyone's different as well, aren't they? That's right. Everyone's different as well with things like that. So you'll probably see someone on social media, like you might look at me and think like, oh my gosh, she's getting up at like 6am. But like everyone is different. Everyone, like you're you're not going to be the same as someone else. So I think you just have to remember like something that someone else is doing, like you don't have to do that. Don't follow the rules of someone else. Something that works for you, you do you. Like if getting up at like 12 o'clock midday and starting at one o'clock then working till nine if that works for you and you are most productive do that just don't follow what someone else is doing because that's when you can probably get burnt out and start feeling really stressed I often tend to find like I feel quite guilty when I'm doing things that aren't work like if I've maybe already had my like set two days off a week and then I have another day where I'm like okay I've maybe done an hour of work but I'm really not in the mood and I'm like sat on the couch watching Netflix or I'm out shopping like I feel guilt because I'm like I should be doing work right now um but I think it's because, oh my God, this is going to get deep, but like society like conditions us into thinking we should be working like five days a week and you can only have two days off at the weekend and blah, blah, blah. But when you own your own business, you just have the freedom to like do whatever you want. And I think sometimes I feel that pressure of like, oh, I'm not posting on my Instagram stories today and I don't want to post anything in case my clients see it and think, oh my God, she's not doing work. And we've touched a little bit on this before, but yeah, it can just, it can make you feel a bit guilty. Yeah, I totally feel that. But I think it's also, we often forget to take time off. So we're feeling guilty. (laughs) Yeah, we're feeling guilty. But actually, the sort of like time we're owed in days off is probably mental. Yeah. Yeah. Like some days I will work like seven days a week. And then I'm like, why? I forgot to take a day off this week. I forgot to eat lunch today. Like, (laughs) what What is going on? It's mad as well, because you think like, this is probably another myth, like when you become a freelancer, you think like, oh my God, like I'm going to have all the time in the world. Oh my like, God, it's the I complete take, opposite. <laughs> I can take all this time off because like I am my own boss yeah. essentially. And like coming down to it now, like that is just so false. Like who lied to me? Like <laughs> it, that is just like not a thing. I think I'm like obviously working a lot more hours than I would be if I was mm-hmm. in totally. a full-time job. Yeah. And don't get me wrong though, it definitely is possible to have that freedom. Like yeah. if you're kind of getting to a point where you're earning enough stable income that you can hire people to delegate things out you might go from needing four clients a month to only needing one client some one clients one client a month um so you know that that opportunity to have freedom is definitely there but it's just that kind of beginning stage where you're sort of building up your business um and this is where this like hustle culture comes from because you feel like you need to be doing everything and anything that you can um so it's like a really difficult two-sided argument but um 
But yeah, did you guys have any like productivity tips? I mean, I know something that I do a lot is time blocking. So like um, at the beginning of the day, I'll have like a routine where I'll get up, I'll check my emails and then I will go into Notion and like write out like, okay, at 10 a.m. I'm going to start this task. At 12 p.m. I'm going to have a break and do things that way. Like, do you guys do anything like that? That's literally what I do. I've only started recently, probably like the last two months, actually doing the time blocking. Mm -hmm. And it works for some, it doesn't work for others. But for me, it's really, really helped me because I would like normally I would just write my to do list and I'd sort of just be like, right, I'll just do this. And then that would probably take me three hours. Whereas if I actually blocked the time out, it took me a lot less because my productivity levels were higher. And I knew that like I needed to get this done in two hours. So for me, yeah, definitely like writing down what I'm going to be doing. And then hopefully that allows me to finish more at like six o'clock in the evening rather than going on till like 10 in the evening. I feel when I'm time blocking as well, like I I only really tend to do it when I have like a big to-do list or like if I have things to get done that I'm like, okay, I seriously need to do this by like tomorrow or I need to do it today that's when time blocking works the best for me because I'll maybe have like okay I need to do a revision for this client I need to do the brand strategy for this client and then I need to like do the branding for this client it can feel like a lot a lot of work but when you break it down into those timestamps, it's so much more easily manageable and sometimes I'll get to 2 p.m and I've like finished everything for the day and I'm like oh yes. I thought that was gonna take me all day yeah no I'm the same I will usually only implement like a time blocking um sort of strategy when I have like a deadline that Shit needs to, <laughs> to be done otherwise I just have like a general to-do list um yeah, yeah. that you know it's just like an everyday kind of thing um I'm the queen of to-do lists though I think it's one of those things where it's so motivating to just be able to check something yes. off like I literally <laughs> I have these like clear sticky notes and like I have like a million and one on my desk of like just notes everywhere and like to-do lists and then I also do it in notion and then sometimes I'll also do it in my planner and I just have like the same to-do list like written out three times but it's that <laughs> satisfaction of like getting to cross it off your list when you I finish that it it's well. just so motivating like even if it's like something really small like um answer this one particular email yes <laughs> oh my God, or I like do that. upload to instagram like something yeah. i was gonna do anyway like i just write it down so i can take it you off. probably <laughs> had it. like loads as well because you've just finished uni as well haven't yeah you, Katie? yeah so your to-do list for like you must have had like two different ones for each i honestly yeah, don't know how I you did. managed to do it in notion i like had like a specific business section and then a specific uni section don't get me wrong final year wasn't as full-on as second year um but yeah, I've pretty much been doing my business full-time and being a full-time student, but no longer. Oh my God. <laughs> I think as well, that mo- that moves us on to the next point as well. So oh, yeah. About um, having like expertise within the industry that you're in. So like debunking that myth of like, you have to sort of go to university or you have to have that sort of five years experience to get into a certain field. Like that is not, it's not a thing anymore. Like you don't have to. And I know, I think you both have gone to university, haven't you? Whereas I haven't. Um, and it does just show that you can sort of get into the same position. Totally. By obviously not going to university. And university isn't a sort of must that you need nowadays. Obviously, unless you're going to be like a doctor or something. Yeah. Where you yeah. need that qualification. I always get DMs from people saying, oh, I was considering going to uni for design. Or what do you recommend? Or do you, do you think it's a good idea? Like, do I need to? And honestly, every single person I speak to, I say no. Really? Because I you know, my experience is my experience. Not everybody is going to feel this way, but I personally don't feel I gained much from my degree. Um, Purely because I started my business up 
just before I was about to start my second year, so in between first and second year of uni. And I feel like the majority of my expertise came from me running my own business. Especially when I got to final year, I took a specific module in branding, um, which was literally the first time I had done any kind of branding work in my course. Um, Yeah, in final year. And I was sitting there in the lectures And I just felt like one of those goody two shoes that like keeps putting my hand up because I always know the answers. And I felt like I I managed to to learn everything on my own without the assistance of uni. And a lot of uni was very kind of academic. I mean, I went to the University of Leeds, which is a Russell Group uni. So of course it was going to be more kind of on the academic side. But I was learning about things like... Um, I don't know, sustainability and the history of design and all of this kind of stuff that just isn't relevant to me in my day-to-day life. Um, Obviously, when I first went to uni, I didn't know that I wanted to be a freelancer or um, a business owner. Um, But yeah, I don't think it's one of them things that is necessary at all. And I have never once had somebody like a client ask me, do you have a degree? Oh, God, no. It it just hasn't happened. See, I I will always say that no, you absolutely don't need a degree to get into freelancing or even the design industry. You know, you can carve out your own really amazing portfolio and still get, you know, pushed through the door. But I absolutely adored my degree and I would... Oh, really? Yeah, I would. <laughs> it's so nice hearing like two different yeah. points of like mm-hmm. one person loved it, the other didn't. Oh, I despise uni <laughs> and I think I make that very yeah, clear. Yeah. <laughs> I did a, um, it was a branding degree, so it was specialised. So I did three years of branding, oh, wow. which okay. was just so much fun. And I did learn a lot, but you know, like we say, it's not stuff you can't pick up from reading lots of books, taking, you know, even online courses, even honestly tips from Instagram, you know, designers that are like, like both of you giving out lots of like tips on how to build your brand mm-hmm. and stuff the the information is so accessible that you absolutely don't it need is. a degree anymore and i found like my work in first and even second year compared to the sort of stuff that i was producing in final year was not even comparable because by the time i got to final year i had worked with i don't know maybe like 40 clients um And all of that practice was all that I needed to be able to improve my skill. You know, no amount of lectures or even practical sessions was going to teach me how to design better, you know, other than working directly with clients. Yeah, it's always just practice, isn't it? Being chucked into the real world, I think, is like the best experience that you will get. Yeah. So like for me, I started with an apprenticeship and like even from that, I was like, yes, like I love this. I so wish I I did that. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it was so good because I just learned everything on the job. And then from that, I went on to actually like being a graphic designer for a business and spent my time there for four years. And I kid you not, I literally learned everything. And I think like learning off of someone else as well. So there was like, another designer we had like a marketing specialist in there and just learning off of someone else was just incredible because like if I would have tried to like start my business of being like a freelancer before that I don't think I would have been like in the position that I am today yeah definitely so being chucked in just like honestly helped me so much like when I started my business I basically relied on like dming other designers um because the the stuff that I learned at uni was just not applicable to my business. Like I remember the first time I went to um, go and like print um, like business cards or whatever it was. 
And I just had no clue what I was doing. I think the only thing that I knew was the difference between CMYK and RGB. And that was the only thing that uni had taught me. I had no idea about like cut lines and all of this rubbish Um, like I had no idea and I think it just goes to show that you know well they didn't me anyway I mean every course is different but I personally didn't learn learn that at all um but yeah I just I I don't know I just feel like university is not it's not necessary I mean if you want to go to uni like obviously there's nothing stopping you but there are so many other routes to take and I think it's just so important to highlight that you, you do not need a degree to to be able to charge a certain amount of money or you don't you don't need a degree to be able to you know expand your business it's just not necessary I um, think something that comes from that as well though like I found in the past because I don't have a degree I sometimes feel like a bit of an imposter because there's mm. people out there that have those degrees and I'm like oh like what did I miss out on like was there stuff that I still don't know like do they know more than me or like I don't know there's just stuff stuff that's like always sometimes in my head that I'm like should I've gone to uni but then it's really nice to hear from other people that like no you like you don't need to go to uni to get the thing is though I also experience imposter syndrome for that reason because I think the other day I put some put, uh, I can't speak. The other day I put something on my Instagram story and I said, "Okay, do you view my services as high value?" and sort of have one of those slidey things. And then I had a little question box and I said, "Why?" And a few people, and it actually really got to me a bit, had voted me low because they said you're still you're still in school as the oh Americans God. say, or like you're you're still in uni. And I was thinking my university the fact that I'm still in uni has absolutely nothing Nothing. to do with the value of my services and the value like my skill and stuff um there are plenty of designers out there that that graduated 10 years ago that maybe um aren't at the same level as me do you know what I mean like it really has nothing to do with um your value and I always tell people yes I've only just graduated uni but actually, I've been in the design industry and practicing design for five years. I mean, I'm one of those people that I've been very lucky in that I've always known what I wanted to do. I always knew that I wanted to get into some kind of design. And when I was around 16 years old, um, I actually did a really short internship at a local design company um, doing branding. And... Um, that is really where I mean I did everything in Photoshop then because I just I was clueless (laughs) I think we we all did yeah and that was kind of when things kicked off for me and when I started to take it upon myself to learn and things like that so really yes I'm people might view me as a recent graduate but I've also got five years of design experience I've been running my business for almost two years and I've worked with probably 50 plus clients do you know it is it's one of those things where like it's not actually that relevant whether you have a degree or not or what, how old you are or um, what stage you're at. I mean, I know, um, I mean, I'm only 21 and I think sometimes your age can play a big part in it because you see these, you know, big designers in their, you know, late 20s, 30s and you think, oh my God, I'm like a child compared to these people. Like, how dare I be charging people so much for my services? Um but really, I think it's all about just knowing your own worth. Yes, it is. Yeah, and it's definitely. nobody's business how old you are. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. You, just because you might be a little bit younger doesn't mean you can't be a successful business person. 
This is what I mean. Yeah. And I think all of these things contribute to that imposter syndrome and we all feel it for different reasons. Um, what about you, Zoe? Have you ever experienced no, it? No, I can't say I've had anything where people have been like, oh, no, you are still a student or you've only just graduated. How, how old are you? I am 24. Do you ever feel like your age like plays a part in in sort of giving you like imposter syndrome from from anything or like that your age has sort of done something I mean it's amazing if you haven't I mean yeah I, I applaud you <laughs> I, I don't necessarily feel my age necessarily sets me back I think sometimes I feel like I haven't had the same like experience but I don't really necessarily correlate that to my age yeah I think imposter syndrome as well is like you can link it to sort of this idea of comparing yourself to others as well yeah. like sometimes um when you see these other designers that are doing like a million and one things and are looking like they're being really successful and taking on a load of clients. Like I feel like a lot of people actually um, DM me with things like that. They're like, oh my God, you're doing all of yeah. these things and you're so successful and you're incredible. And I'm like, girl, I have no clients booked in for next <gasps> no month. No way. See, like, you wouldn't tell. Do, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like exactly. Like people don't, they, they see what you yeah, want them to see. And I think when you're comparing yourself to others, it's just so important to remember that what you're seeing probably isn't the reality. Because um, it can be so easy to look at other people and be like, oh my God, I'm nothing like them. I'm never going to be like them. Um, That's one thing I hate about social media. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's so annoying because like everyone does just show their good parts. And like, I wish like more of us would just show like, the shit things that go on of like running your business because let's be honest like running your business isn't like rainbows and sunshines it's not no. great all the time like we're like we get lonely like that's yes. another thing like I get like lonely because I'm sat here on my own all day like mm -hmm. I'll be listening to podcasts and things like just to make oh, it feel like yeah. someone else is in the room so I can yeah. actually not feel lonely my poor boyfriend always makes fun of me he's like you need to go and make some friends I'm like yeah I've got friends and he's like yeah but Katie time. they're online it doesn't count I'm like yeah Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i think that's a good one to go on to the next one which is social media as well so that's saying like you don't have to have a certain amount of followers to get those certain clients um yeah and i 100%. feel like that was like a myth for me at the start so i was like once i reach 10k i'm gonna be like this successful yeah. designer and i'm gonna be booking like 20 odd clients and blah, blah blah but like no like I know people who have like 2k followers and they are smashing like Literally. the design game and like they are booking out selling out and I just feel like there's this whole myth around reaching like a certain point mm -hmm. when you're on Instagram or yeah. on other social media platforms and it's just but also you're never gonna be truly happy with your number like you're always gonna want to be having no. more and more. you know comparing yourself to other people who have more so yeah, there's just no point, you know, focusing on your number so much because that that doesn't even necessarily mean you're going to get more work. It doesn't. It doesn't equivalent. Like, all right, you've got 10K followers, so you're going to have this certain amount yeah, of no, clients. Yeah, no, it definitely like, doesn't That's not it. I mean, as I just said, like, I am currently at a point where I don't have any clients booked in for next month and I'm sat here with 23,000 followers. Like, it means nothing. And the thing is, the majority of my followers are actually other designers. Um, they're not, I mean, don't get me wrong, a large percentage of them is also like other small businesses and um, people potentially wanting to work with me in the future. But the largest proportion of my followers yeah, are other here. designers. Um, 
So, you know, people might look at my page and be like, oh my God, she's got all these followers. She must be really expert, expert, what's the word? She must have a lot of expertise. (laughs) Um, But it is, I mean, that might be the case. um, It's not, it doesn't always reflect how successful you are in your business. And I think that's, that's really important. There are, as Abby said, there are so many people who maybe have like a couple of thousand followers that are literally doing like insane things. And I mean, I could literally pluck like five people off the top of my head that I can think of um, who are in that position. So I think it can almost become a little bit of a healthy obsession uh, and not healthy, unhealthy, unhealthy obsession when you're just watching those numbers, especially when you get to a point where you've got 10K because you can't see the individual numbers. So you have to like go into your insights and then like you see all these people and following you and following you and you just like... I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm constantly going yeah, on my insights and looking at how many people have followed me today. And and it's it's ridiculous because I'm like, why? Why does it matter? Yeah, why are we like that? It makes no I've, sense. I've, like, I've what got does no it idea. What mean for these followers? Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't And the know. truth is Instagram only really shows your posts to those, people's, to those people that like interact with you regularly. Like we were talking about this before we jumped on the call, but... I'm, oh God, I'm really talking myself down in this episode, but my posts, like, I'm lucky if I get like 500 likes on a post at the minute. And but then um, for some people, those 500 likes seem like such a mile away because like yeah. some people, like I remember last year I was getting like 70 likes and I still remember that feeling of like 70 likes back then was just so much for me. And I was like, oh my God, 70 people have liked my post. And like, yeah, that's amazing. But like, it's I don't know as you grow I feel like we can just self-sabotage ourselves because we're constantly just wanting more and more and when we don't get it we're not satisfied and actually having less followers is an advantage because it means you can interact more generally people who have less followers have a higher engagement rate yeah so your post is actually reaching more people than those people that have 10k followers um so it's like this really big myth I feel like you're less approachable when you have more followers because you'll probably think so say if you come across say someone who had like 30,000 followers you think oh there's no point DMing them because yeah, they're not going to see, see it. it that is so true mm. which is so bad and I hate that although I think if you do flip it on the um on its head when you do get say a potential client and they're searching Instagram they're probably gonna think that these people with the more followers probably are better at what they do obviously it's not the case at all but that that can be one way to kind of flip it like if you have a lot of followers it can definitely make you look like um you know what you're doing yeah um I still remember though I think it was this time last year I had I think it was like 3k followers and I was still booking the same amount of clients like I was booking more because back then I would just like bash out logos after logos which is just mad um but yeah, I still would have the same amount of clients and still that demand. So even though I've got my followers now, like I'm still booking the same consistent clients. So it yeah. does not matter what That's your it. numbers are. And going back to like, Abby, when you were saying like, you used to feel disheartened when only 70 people would like a post. Well, like, it's like that TikTok trend. Like imagine 30 people came into a room to see, you know, oh a poster God, on the wall of loads. yours. 70 people would be crazy. That is exactly, that is exactly it. And I think when you sort of break it down and look at it from that way, like that's like 500 people that are looking at one of my Instagram posts. Like the chances are one of those 500 people is interested in working with you. And all you need is that one person. Um, So yeah, that is definitely a way to look at it. 
it's easy it's easier said than done to like not feel disheartened about it but it's really like you really just have to not focus on the numbers because when you do I don't know it kind of makes you not want to post whereas if you just forget about it and just do what you want to do that's probably when you're probably going to get more engagement because you're just not you like you do not care about those numbers I think it's so easy for people to look at, say, me and Abby who upload to Instagram. I don't know what you do, Abby. I mean, personally, I know I upload every single day. You know, it's so easy to look at people like us and be like, oh my God, like they're doing so well. They upload every single day and their content is like on point and all this stuff. But it is so incredibly time consuming. Yeah, they don't see us working till God knows whatever hours we're working to like it's not healthy and it's not sustainable so Mm. like I have a I have a social media manager and even still I spend hours and hours and hours every single week planning my Instagram posts making sure my feed looks consistent and for what like I do it because I enjoy it and I find that designing Instagram posts is almost a bit of a form of like um, creativity because, you know, you're experimenting with design. It's almost a bit similar to passion projects, like you're putting your style out there and that's personally why I love doing it. Um, But it is definitely not necessary to upload to Instagram every day and I think this is another myth that sort of links to social media. Like you don't have to be uploading a post every single day, two IGTV videos, five reels and 10 million stories. Like it's just, it's, you, don't, you don't need to. That's it. Like something that works for us is not going to work for other people. Like it's like, I've already said, like it's not sustainable. Like if I, like I probably like could still manage it if I just posted like three times a week. But yeah. Like I like being like active on social media, like being on social media is like one of the main focuses that gets my clients. And I know that. So I have to be like present on there. But something that works for me is just it's not going to work for someone else. I think a good way sometimes when it is your business is to think of, you know, social media as part of your job, like a role in your job that you have Mm -hmm. to do sort of every day. I mean, it might not be that you do it every day, but, you know, blocking in that time to actually do it and viewing it as part of your job exactly makes it kind of more manageable yeah like some people obviously won't need to focus on instagram you might be a pinterest person or you might not even be a social media person at all and that is totally fine like whatever works for you works for you i mean my instagram is my my business is centered around instagram so obviously i take the time to um you know put the work in and as i said i spend hours and hours every single week working on my Instagram feed and it is so time consuming don't get me wrong I enjoy it but it's one of those things where it's like people just see me churning out these posts and uploading every single day but it is so much work um and I dedicate the time to do it like I have the time in my schedule set aside to be able to focus on my social media and I have a social media manager as well um but yeah it's literally just a case of you know this is part of my job my personal Instagram and anything Um, that's not my business Instagram page I literally I I don't post on there at all I'm not on social media I haven't posted on my personal account in literal years I was speaking to my boyfriend the other day about it and like if I didn't have this business and I wasn't so like focused on social media I honestly don't think I I would have social media so I just think there is just like so much of a pressure to just to be present on Instagram and don't get me wrong it is an amazing tool if that's what works for you you know showing up on Instagram and but it totally depends as well on the kind of clients you're trying to attract and I think that is a really really important consideration you know if you're attracting small businesses and you know people that are on Instagram then you need to be on 
Instagram. If you're trying to work with big corporate industries, there is no point. Let's take a brand like Glossier. It's always like my go-to example. Glossier are not going to go to Instagram to find a designer. They're going to go to like LinkedIn and Behance and all of these other websites. So I think it's really important to just kind of consider what platforms your dream clients are going to be engaging with and um, make that a big consideration as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so one of the last points that I think is a really big point is that 10K gets thrown around every single time within like freelancing and owning your business. And I just despise that there's like this thing around like you have to be earning 10K a month or like join this for 10K or whatever, or you have to be earning this to be successful. And like, that is not it. Like, what where's this 10k come from I know it's just whether it's whether it's booking 10k clients or having a 10k month it's just like it feels like that's become one of the milestones that you need to hit to be considered successful and it's not the case yeah yeah exactly like don't get me wrong like earning 10k and having charging 10k clients is incredible and it's definitely possible and it's definitely an achievement and a goal that you can work towards but don't make it the be on and and do because you know it will take a lot of time to get up to that point where you know you're having 10k months yeah exactly like I'm currently taking part in Carliana's 10k girl gang which is an incredible course and it's really empowering and it's it's not like she's just sort of sitting right here's the formula um xyz to earn 10k it's not like that at all like it is very much like a personal coaching kind of um here are the tools that you need to help you achieve your goals and what are your goals specifically and what matters to you and she makes it very very personal and i think it isn't i mean if you're considering it like i 100% recommend it but um it takes months and months I just think that 10k can just get chucked around yeah and I feel like that scares me sometimes when I see like that 10k like yeah um, that 10k name and I don't know I I just feel like there's been so much about earning something specific in a month to mm-hmm. sort of be successful and it's, it's like the not same the as the the um six-figure salary as well a lot of people view that as my but the thing is a lot of these things are very Americanized um like what is six figures in America is most yes. definitely not six figures in the UK. <laughs> like um, it is so easy in the US. And I mean, I know we have a lot of US listeners, so this might be interesting to some of you, but in the UK, like 60K is like a big salary. Yeah. Do you know what huge. I mean? Like, and to think about earning a five figure salary is insane, let alone a six figure. And I feel like it's so much less um, common here and it's not as kind of necessary in a sense um it's not as I don't even know what what the word I'm trying to come up with but in the UK it's just not as common to be earning that insane amount of money um but in the US it's just so, it's this culture of like you own your own business you want to hit six figures and it's just, it's just not really when I feel like when you've got the mindset like that of when you are just like money driven it that that shouldn't be it like you're all all it shouldn't just be focused on like what you're earning exactly like you have to yeah. enjoy it. there's so many other things within it that take that are like a massive part other than just earning a certain amount I saw an amazing quote I think it was either this morning or yesterday or something and I can't remember it exactly but it was something along the lines of if you're upset that you're not making money you're not running your business for the right reasons yes that's so true I mean the whole reason we start is because we want to do something that we love and that we believe in and 
we shouldn't be money driven for that thing you know the money comes after i mean we are constantly preaching to people to know your worth and don't let your clients price shop and you know all of this very like money driven um conversation but at the end of the day if you love what you do you don't work a day in your life and I know I would much rather be earning less salary doing what I'm doing now than doing some job that I absolutely despise and earning more money. Um, yeah, so it's definitely worth kind of looking at it from the perspective of why am I doing what I'm doing? Oh, God, sorry, excuse me. Um, <laughs> like, am I doing it for the money or am I doing it because I love it? And if you're doing it because you love it, then it really takes that focus away from that 10K milestone or that six figure milestone. Um, And I mean, success comes in so many forms. Like success is such an individual thing. And I feel like it has been so depersonalized um, to this sense, like success is not the same for everybody. Like what might be success to um, one person might be... um, having a family and running a business at the same time. And that might be their version of success. Success to somebody else might be booking in um, clients consistently. Like you need to set your own goals and use those as your success milestones rather than trying to figure out what everybody else's um, success milestones is and trying to adhere to that because then that is just gonna make you fall into that kind of negative hole. As you say, it brings it back to that imposter syndrome. When you see people sharing their success stories on social media, it can be quite damaging sometimes because you're like, oh my God, like I haven't, I haven't been that successful. I don't have that certain amount of clients. How are they doing that in that short amount of time? Like I'm two years in my business. They're only one year in my business. And I don't know, it just brings it back to feeling that imposter syndrome. Yeah, because you think other people are doing all of these amazing things. And then when you think, oh, but I'm not doing that, does that mean I'm not successful? No, no, it doesn't. You do it. It's not at journey. all. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's another reason why so- a social media can be so damaging because you see all of these people um, through, you know, the lens of what they want you to see. Um, you know, people might look at me and be like, "Oh my god, I bet she's earning a ton of money, and I bet she's booking consistent clients." And sometimes it's it's just not not the case. It's just not the case at all. No. I think it would be quite cool to leave this one on a really good myth within the design industry. So what do you think about having to draw? So like being able to draw (laughs) as a designer, because I feel like this is a myth that like you have to be really artistic or you have to be able to like draw to become a graphic designer. And I just, I don't think that's the case. This one makes me laugh a lot because I cannot draw. Like if somebody if somebody like made me sit down and like properly draw and like have a go at it, I probably could come out with something half decent. I mean, I I, I have an A level in fine art, right? But <laughs> I, I, but I didn't do fine art. I did photography, um, and yeah, literally, I cannot draw. I I just can't. And it's so funny when you have that conversation with family members, um, and you're like, you try and explain to them what you're doing for a living, and they're like, oh, so you like draw <laughs> logos? Oh, don't. Like, oh. <laughs> my my brother always says to me he's like oh so what do you just like color in all day or do you just draw I'm like I literally can't draw like <laughs> I don't draw <laughs> yeah my my mum was having a conversation with my brother the other day and she was sort of saying oh Katie's doing all of this amazing stuff and my brother was like what making logos 
And and she was like, no, she does so much more than that. But people just don't get it when you're not like inside the industry. I mean, Zoe, you can clearly draw because you're like a lettering artist, which is incredible. Yeah, see, I've got a bit of a different answer for this, I guess. So I did um, fine art at A-level and it was around sort of midway in my A-levels where I decided that I did actually want to go into graphic design. And I had absolutely no experience in design. Like I was always fine art with pencils and oil paints and stuff. So I think it just goes to show that I can draw and paint, but it didn't mean that I was a good designer. I had to really like relearn how to design in like a different kind of creative way so you don't need to be able to draw because it's not the same it's not the same thing and I think design is all about playing to your strengths as well I remember when I first got into design I was trying to do loads of illustrative work and I was trying to do hand lettering and all of this and like amazing fun stuff and then I I hit a point (laughs) I was like why am I doing this like it is not it is not my strong point at all like my my strong point I've now learned is typographic logos um And I was just trying to do all of this artistic stuff, obviously, when I was sort of discovering my style. And I just kind of realized that, why am I trying to do all of this artistic stuff when I can't draw? (laughs) I think before I got into design, I used to see all these like, icon logos yeah. of like that were really <laughs> illustrative and I was like I can't do that I can't draw like that like do I have to be like a designer like that to be able no. to become like a logo designer not but like that is just not the case no literally there are so many kind of like specific areas of logo design that you can go into like you can go down that more illustrative route and like so you do the proper like funky hand lettering stuff and I've got no idea how you do it I'd love to do that Um, yeah yeah, I would love to be able to do it as well but um for me like it's just focusing on like finding pretty fonts and arranging them in a way that looks nice yeah but that's a skill It's still a skill. That is literally what I do. Okay, so that is everything um, that we're going to be talking about today. This was a really fun episode. Like, I really, really enjoyed discussing this stuff. It's nice to just have, like, a chat, isn't it, with another designer. Me and Katie have always said, like, just speaking to, like, another designer just, like, lets the stress out because you can actually talk about some really cool things with other creative people. Because, like, I'd say, like, in my friendship, like, I don't really have anyone else who's creative like me um so it's just really nice just to get chatty and just have a nice conversation with someone else I feel like (laughs) this episode really like encompasses what we're trying to do with the podcast which is just having these like honest down-to-earth chatty conversations and I think that's definitely what we've done today and um yeah thank you so much Zoe for for coming on to this episode um make sure to go and give her a follow over on Instagram what what is your Instagram handle at Zoe Bonham Design yeah and make sure to check out her Etsy shop as well because she has some like incredible prints and things in there um but yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast today I hope I hope you've enjoyed it (laughs) I've loved it thank you girls yay amazing so um so yeah I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode make sure to go and give us a follow at off airpod on Instagram to see some additional content that we're going to be sharing over there and yeah that is everything from us today make sure you tune in next week with another juicy episode and we will see you soon